Welcome into another edition of Maddie and the Caddy. I am Matt Barry. Today in the podcast, we've got an interesting show for you. We'll talk about Brooks Kepka calling out Patrick Reed again for cheating. We'll talk Genesis Open, Tiger Woods finishing last, Adam Scott getting the win, and what happened with Ryan Leaf and Oliver Hudson on last week's episode. We'll get to all of that, and then we're going to let Caddy make a wrong or right. Oliver Hudson again joining us today but a couple of things i need to note before we get started please subscribe to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts tell a friend tweet at us steal someone's phone subscribe for them it helps us out helps more people find the show and finally i wanted to let you know that the baseball tonight podcast with buster only is back on monday through friday a monday through friday grind with baseball season here they are fired up for things this week and we'll be with you every weekday through the baseball season. Love the Baseball Tonight podcast with Buster Only. Check it out. Now on to our show. Now on the tee, it's Matty and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. All right, so we got plenty of stuff to get into today. As always, the social media, at Matty and Caddy, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and, C-A-D-D-I-E. That is both the Instagram and Twitter we're going to make Oliver Hudson, we're going to make that a right. We're going to This week is Caddy. for real. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll see. He's allegedly calling it. He's allegedly calling in. So we'll get to I, that. Did I not get a guest last week? You Ryan got Leaf. a you got a colleague. Ryan Leaf. That's what I'm saying. Not only did I get a guest, I got a guest with an amazing story. It's a look, I'll get into that. I love Ryan. Um, he'll tell you. And he's a fan of the podcast. And we ripped you, which was awesome. He look, you guys need to be careful about ripping me. I got Leaf's job. He did right? say that, but now that he's already hooked up, <laughs> your job's done. Let the ripping yeah. begin. <laughs> it really is. Hey, hey, Maddie, we need you to audition Ryan Leaf. Okay, I'll make him look good. Leaf crushes the audition. Leaf, former number two overall pick, gets the job. Barry, you're a scrub. Get out of here. <laughs> Exactly. Now he's looking at you like, you know, Barry wouldn't last long in jail. <laughs> <laughs> no, my favorite Ryan Leaf story, and that's why I'm sorry that I missed the interview, is, is we were we were at Pac-12 uh, Media Days together last year. I was hosting our coverage out there, and it was his first day on air on the job with me, same with Mark Sanchez. Who, by the way, we will get him on the pod. Sanchez loves golf. He's, he's addicted to it. He's got his own podcast. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get Sanchez on at some point, but Leaf, we were in his car and we were leaving this dinner. And of course, Ryan, uh, doesn't drink anymore. He's sober. It's a remarkable story. And, you know, those of us in the car, we had had a, a couple, three cocktails <laughs> and we're like talking about TV shows that we're currently watching or had watched. And Leaf is sitting there trying to back to the hotel. And he goes, "Oh yeah, that was big when I was in prison. I missed a few of those seasons." <laughs> and we didn't know whether to laugh or like how to handle it. But now that I know Ryan well from working with him and listening to the pot, he's very open and honest about that time in his life. And, yes, and he'll tell you that's healthy. Oh my gosh! You know what? The fact that he's comfortable. In his own skin after everything that he went through. Like that's one of the things where you look at a guy like that and you go, he's going to be okay. Because a lot of the times when people aren't comfortable talking about everything that they've been through, that sets them up for another fall. You know what I mean? Because it's like they're not comfortable with the person that they are right now. Where Ryan is like, look, man, this is me now. I made it to here. And here's everything that happened to me, you know, and if I can look back at this and not try and hide it, maybe help somebody else. It helps me be comfortable with who I am. And that fact is then you look at him and you go, you know what? I'm cool being around this dude a lot. Like he's yep. comfortable in his own skin, which then makes you comfortable being around him and able to laugh at stuff that you were like. Most people in that situation would not be able to laugh at some of the things that he can laugh at, but he's like, you know, it was all part of the journey. So we were at our college football seminar over the summer and it's a, it's a two and a half day classroom thing for college football. 
And it was obviously Ryan's first fall with us here at ESPN. And there's about, ah, man, I'd conservatively say 200 plus people who attend this seminar. It's all of our producers, play-by-play analysts, hosts, executives, everybody that touches college football is there. And he gets up in front of the entire group and gets up on stage and says, I can't tell you how much it means to me that you guys opened your locker room to me to be a part of this team. And he's like, I've been through so much, but to be able to be welcomed back into a team atmosphere means more than you know. We all gave him a standing ovation. That's awesome. And, you know, it's, it's guys like and that. And deservedly so. Absolutely. You know, we, we so often in society, like, we'll, we'll pile on someone when oh. they're down. Yep. But we very, very rarely are as quick to put them back on our back when they're on their way up. And I've learned more from being around Ryan in one football season than I've learned from a lot of people because he did it under the public spotlight. Yeah, and and that's why, you know, a lot of times when people pile on, you you pile drive someone so far down, they're, you think they're never coming back. That's it. Like, they're absolutely done. But for him to go through what he went through publicly and yet still come out on the other side and and be a positive person. Yep. You know, it would have been real easy, even if you make it through everything he went through, to be really negative towards a lot of people. But that's the other reason I think that that no one feels bad reaching their hand out, grabbing him, throwing him up on the shoulders and going, come on, man, let's go together. Because this dude will look you in the eye and say, everything that happened to me back then is my fault. Yep. Everything that I did to my family, everything that I did to myself, like there are plenty of people nowadays that look around and be like, it's not my fault. It's his fault. And it's their fault. And it's her fault. And it's, and I didn't do it. And it was, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be, you know, I'd, I'd be somewhere better. Like, he doesn't do that at all. He's like, it's all me. And <laughs> yeah, right. Very honest, very self-deprecating. And so if you haven't listened to the Ryan Leaf podcast a week ago, listen to it. It's phenomenal. Uh, caddy, basically what he happened was he hit a shank that went off a tree, bounced onto the green, and he had a kick in for birdie because uh, he dropped the ball on someone else. But Ryan Leaf, uh, the good man that he is, did him a solid. So, Ryan, thank you, uh, and listen to the podcast if you haven't. As for today's episode, so much newsy stuff to get to. I want to start man. with, I want to start with our guy Brooks Kepka, okay, firing an absolute haymaker at Patrick Reed. And then, well, and now there's a follow-up from Peter Costas. Costas backed it up. <laughs> so if you didn't hear this, Kepko was on Sirius XM Radio um, and did an interview, and he was asked about Patrick Reed's violation of the Bahamas. It was about two months ago. And Kepka, who's never been one to Mint shy words. away from anything, <laughs> says, uh, yeah, I basically – I think he was cheating. I don't know he was what building he building sandcastles. He goes, I don't know what he was doing building sandcastles in the sand, but you know where your club is. And he said, well, what he said was, I I take three months off without touching the club, and I still know when I touch the sand. Right. Yeah. Which that was is the, like, oh, that was, that was the next oh. follow up where he he basically was going right at Reed. But then and, it wasn't just Reed though. We I gotta say this. Sway, whose whose show Sway in the morning is on Shave 45, and it's like Kepka's favorite dude in the whole world, and that's like everything he's into. Sway was the one who did the interview. Mm-hmm. Sway did follow up by asking him, Hey, does this a stain on golf? And like, does it show how bad just this guy is, or does it happen? And Brooks said that Reed ain't the only one. That he's seen it before and he's kept his mouth shut. But now he feels like I'm not going to keep my mouth shut anymore. So then fast forward to Peter Costas, who was on the No Laying Up podcast and said of Patrick Reed, quote, I've seen Patrick Reed improve his lie up close and personal 
four times now. <laughs> four times. And one time he said it on television and Gary McCord, I guess Costas was on the course and McCord was in the booth. And when he talked about it, it he said it's the one time that he shut McCord up. And he said, he basically just said to McCord, when I, when I first looked at that lie, the only thing he was going to be able to do was sand wedge layup out of this stuff. And by the time he was done pushing the grass down behind it, he was able to get three wood on it. And he ended up winning that tournament. So. Okay. Apparently this is like. Hey, what's going on in the world of golf today? Y'all want to talk PGL, the Premier Golf League? Nah, who we going to get? Patrick Reed, get him. <laughs> like the dogs was out. <laughs> they just was like, like release like the Rottweilers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he was wearing a steak belt. Yeah, he way. had my Arby's right. meat suit on. <laughs> Somebody I let him we'll, wear my Arby's meat sweatsuit. We'll get to the Premier Golf League in a minute, but like, <laughs> It's so because you and I both like Patrick a lot. Yeah, you know, well, here's like, the thing: as a person, Patrick Reed's a good dude. Like he's a nice guy. He's fun to be around. Pro am guys, people that play with him in a pro am love him. He's helpful. He's talkative. He's joking. He's he'll like he'll tell stories and he's fantastic. Be with on the golf course as a competitor does some questionable things apparently. Like that's. There's no getting around it. There's now you have to be able to separate the two. You have to be able to say, like, can Patrick Reed be a nice guy and still do some unsavory things on the golf course that he's been caught for or accused of by other people? Yes, you can say that. And I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Like, I can't personally say other than the sand trap thing, I can't personally say that I have ever witnessed him do anything like that. Have I seen other people do stuff on the course? Yes. I've seen other people do stuff on the golf course and get called out for it. You know, especially behind the scenes and stuff. Like we see a guy like Billy Mayfair that got caught on TV, you know, basically cheating. So I mean, it happens. It does happen out there. It's extremely rare, but it's difficult because you look at Patrick Reed and you go, I don't quite understand this because, and then to not, it would have been so much easier for Patrick when everything happened at hero. If he would have just came out and said, I messed up. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I thought that was okay. I'm an idiot. Like, Take the hit, fall on your sword. That's right. But he's never done that, and that's, that's right. made it so much worse. And that look, that's what it is with Patrick that that drives me nuts. Is it's like everyone, dude, dude. You 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 never capitalized on Captain America. It was right there. there. It right was right there. It was right there for you to be the dude, and then. It didn't. And Brooks, friend of the friend of the program. Yeah. Uh we like him because we like how he's not afraid to say things, but he also backs it up with the course. Mm. But when the when the TV guys are starting to come out, it's one thing. Players can be petty. We know that. Kepka's not one of those guys. Ke- Kepka's not. He's not. He's but not in general, if in we general, heard other yes. if we heard other players critique other players, like, okay, they're being a little petty. It's a, it's a competitive environment. Yeah, hey, look, we know the guys that went to Georgia with Patrick Reed. None of them all get along. You remember Kisner got in some, he didn't get in trouble, but the guys who reported it were not his, Kisner and his agent were not happy because they thought he thought he was off the record when he said if Patrick Reed was on fire, he wouldn't pee on him. <laughs> right? Like that came out and you know, there was some. Little backlash towards some of the guys that put that out, but I mean, it was said and it was said on a recorder. So like his relationship with some of the Georgia dudes, you can't go try and get a comment from Brian Harmon about Patrick Reed. Good luck. That's legit hate. Like I'm thinking about yeah. right now of, of some people I don't like. I would still pee on them if they were on fire. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm like, save the life but listen Bubba's agent is still mad at me for the 
for the uh the survey that came out years ago, the year after. But what did you have to do with that? I was the one that was given the survey to players. It was a, it was a secret. You did that. Well, he blames me for when it was released and he blames me for like, I don't know. He still thinks it's my fault. Like that other people answered the way that they answered it. He well, thinks I'm it? the one. No, bro. Do you really think I control when stuff comes out? <laughs> like, no, you've got you no think control I got that over kind of any... power. I don't no. have people, people, you're the none. general public and golfers. Like they think that we write headlines. They think, they think like if you write a, an article, they think you are in control of everything. So you decide when it comes out, where it goes, what the headline is. You don't control a writer controls none of that. First all the of writer all, controls the is time, what goes in there. When's the last time you even wrote a headline? I don't know, but that's the point. I'm saying this or is how wrote, you period. were talking about pettiness and stuff. This dude's still mad about that. And me and Bubba had our come to Jesus argument at the last time we were at TBC Harding Park. Like we're going back there in May, and the last time we were there was what 2017, 2000, 2018 when Rory won match play, and then remember when Keegan and uh Miguel Angel Jimenez almost got in a fight. Well, they're on one side of the locker room, and me and Bubba on the other side of the locker room. And what was crazy was um that's me was, FaceTiming you. There you go. I know I didn't have it on mute. Hey, what's up? How you doing? What up? How you looking? Good. Look at you, still dressed in your business suit. But yeah, they That's were right. they were arguing on one side of the locker room, and me and Bubba were on the other side. And I never forget the funniest part was DJ coming up and going, "Hey man, everything cool?" Like he was gonna back me up. And I so, was like, "Yeah, man, yeah, we're cool." Why don't we get Bubba's agent on and see if we can write this? Well, no, because me and Bubba, everything's cool with me and Bubba now. I don't care about you and Bubba. I want the agent on. Bubba doesn't hate you. The agent does. Hey, I don't think he hates me. He's still just mad at me. Good. Then let's let's flesh this out on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I don't – yeah, we can't – I'll ask him. I'll ask yeah. him. You know me. I ain't scared. I want to – I want. Jens is a fascinating dude anyway. Like, I'm a big right. fan of his too. Good. We we'll get him, him on. We got to get Claude Harmon on. I got to talk some stuff through with him. Oh, yeah. That'd be fantastic. Um, all, all right. right so, so everyone's attacking Patrick Reed. Now, what, what's up with this PGL league? I guess Rory just came out now this week. How about this? For, we'll start here because everyone was talking about this PGL league and, like, we're going to get all the best players in the world, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so this is what the WGCs are supposed to be for. Really? Because this week their field is not as strong as last week's field in L.A. They only got they they only got four of the top ten players in the world are not playing WGC. Last week, nine out of ten. The yeah, well, you know why, right? A tiger. One, well, yeah. But Riviera. the schedule, the new schedule. Correct. And everybody was like, this new schedule is going to be awesome. I still no, think it is. No, it's not. Not if guys are skipping WGCs. No one wants to go down to Mexico. Have you watched the, have you watched Narcos on Netflix? No one's going down there. <laughs> Man, do you know how locked I'm down? Kidding. That's, that's a joke. Hey, no, but you want to know Before, the truth. The truth is the, the, the if, PC police call me for that one. You know what? The PC police then don't go to Mexico because <laughs> the tour and players that you are so locked down that week, you're not allowed to rent a car. They don't, the tour don't want you like going outside of the, like, here's the hotel everyone's going to stay in. Yeah. We're going to get you from the airport to the hotel. We're going to get you from the hotel to the golf course. Like they're taking care of everything. There's no like, it's like I went to a, an all inclusive resort in St. Lucia. Yeah. And and I was like, man, I'm going to go see some local stuff. So I rode no. down the beach. Yeah, see? That's what I'm saying. Why not? We, and we did I found that out Jamaica. the hard way. I got chased by a guy with a machete. <laughs> and that's what exactly. we're like, how fast can you be? I'm going to show you. Jump out the bushes with a machete and no shirt on. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you how fast I can get. Said before, and I'll say it again. I'm a black man before I was a fat man. <laughs> I got some speed when I need it. And I was gone. That dude ain't catching me. <laughs> this guy just, he was just running at you with a machete. Dude, I'm walking to, I hear music and I see like a local <laughs> bar on the Where beach. were like, you? What were St. you doing? No, I'm I aware. Sandals, like, sandals in St. Lucia. I'm sure and they love you putting out that if you go to Sandals in St. Lucia. I mean, it was years ago. It was before I was married, but still like, you know, I was down there with another chick and, 
like she had, she was a travel agent, so she got to go for free. So go down there, <laughs> hanging out for the, like a five day weekend. And I was like, I don't want to just stay on site. Like I want to see like some of the real St. Lucia. So I go down. Oh, to you Lucia, did off. I know off property. <laughs> and I'm walking up through like these palmettos to where this like rundown bar thing is. And I'm like, cool. I'm going to like really see some stuff. And as I'm get to in between the ocean and the bar, this dude just bobs up out of the palmettos, shirtless, looking like like he got them ripped up incredible hawk short things. Yeah, like yeah. it was just run down and he's got a machete and he's walking he's got a look in his eyes too, like, yep, I'm gonna get me a new pair of Nikes. And I was like, No, you're not. I ran I took off through the, to the bar, got to the street, and he's still coming, like barefoot and all. So now I'm running down the street. I get to the guardhouse and I was like, yo, this dude's coming. I got to get in there. <laughs> and the guard was like, oh, Mr. Collins, please hurry. <laughs> you told me to hurry. Like, you got to tell me there's a dude behind me with a machete. Hurry. Yeah, so you, okay. So how far ahead of him were you? A couple hundred yards. Oh, oh man. A couple hundred yards. He got, within, like, he got within 30 yards. And then it was like the afterburners <laughs> kicked in. Like, it's amazing what happens, fight or flight. And I was full <laughs> flight. There was no fight because I ain't got a so machete of my own. So you're sitting there at the guard gate at your resort being like, let me in? Yeah, I'm running there. With, like, <laughs> running there. Yo, this dude's coming. Yo, open the gate. Come in. <laughs> and the guy recognized it. He saw me. It was like, oh, Mr. Collins, what are you doing? And I was like, I went down to the bars. I told you not to leave property, sir. I know that now. <laughs> what does this have to do with the, the Premier Golf League? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> you're going off property on some of this Oh, that's stuff. right. WGC Mexico. All right. Yeah, WGC Mexico. Go, don't go off property. But that's, <laughs> you know, Rory said this week, too, that he's out. Like, yeah, no, not, I, he, that was the news. He's like, well, I'm that, good. I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. Well, the reason that he said that, though, is because the tour threw it out there. Like, if you play on that tour, you're not coming to play on our tour. Which you it, you shouldn't be allowed. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. Why? How come? Because. Oh, no, tour, you were about to give one of your good examples. Go ahead. No, nah, the tour is not. I look at it this way. All history starts somewhere. Like, people are like, you know, the PGA Tour, think of all the history. Yo, the PGA Tour split from the PGA of America back in the day. And we had this fight before. That's history right. repeats itself. Like, back in the day, when guys who wanted to go play and get paid to play and didn't want to have to sell shirts, and the PGA of America was like, if you go play over there, you're not playing in any of our stuff. You're not part of this anymore. And it was Nicholas and Palmer and all of those guys that were just like, you know what? We're going to just break off and do our own thing. And they're going to do their own league. And everybody wanted to go play there. And so now that this new league comes out and was like, you know what? How about this? We're only going to have 18 events. You're going to play for 10 million a week. And then we're going to have a team thing at the end where everybody's playing for 40 million. And like the top 48 guys in the world can come just play over here and not worry about it. And now the tour used to be like, if you go play there, you're not playing here. But isn't that what y'all already do with the European tour? Yeah. Like dudes like DJ gonna, was, and Brooks and all those, they got to get special release to go play yeah. on the European tour so they can get appearance fee money. Now, I will say this. In talking to Pat Perez last night, apparently at the player meeting at in Torrey Pines, mm -hmm. the money on the PGA tour is about to skyrocket. They're going to be averaging 10 to 15 million a week as well. How? In the next five years. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it. But I think what the players are asking for is what this PGL league was telling them they should have as well. And that is you should get a piece of the advertising pie. Like if you're one of the top 10 guys in the world and you're putting mm -hmm. butts in seats like Tiger and Rory and like even though Phil's not top 50 anymore. But Brooks and DJ and like these dudes should get an extra taste of that if you're the guys that everyone's paying to see. I agree. But I'm just, you know, we're going to get into an era here pretty quickly post Tiger. That's what I'm saying. And I'm, so I'm the argument that I had, what I've been having with people is, you know, well, if Tiger's not in, then the, that, league is done and i was like well what happens in three years when tiger done playing then what right i just 
you know, how do I tread lightly with this? <laughs> because, well, no, I'm serious because we, you know, we're, we're, we have the XFL. Yes. And you know, it's another league right after football season that for the first couple of weeks has been rating quite well. Yep. And there's always that argument is, do we need another football league or should we just all be okay that it's the NFL in college football and that's it? But I just don't. Here's the thing I ask about the XFL. Is the XFL the same? No. It's, it's, no, it's different. It's, it's a little bit different. So it's That's like, right. it's football, but it's a little bit different football. So that, I think there's room for a different style of football. If it was, if it was exactly like the NFL, then I would completely agree with you. But I think because it's a little bit different and they do things a little bit different, I think because of that, then you go, huh. There might be room well, for this. Oh, what, are they, what would they do different in another league, though? Because I just I can't. Stand so that with- PGL league is going to have teams. So like Justin Thomas, it'd be like it'd be a little bit like F one. So when would these events be played? Twenty twenty two. No, no, not year. Would they start like when in the calendar? On the uh, calendar, eighteen weeks between. Oh, I had it up here before. There's eighteen but- events, and it would be starting in January and go to oh. September. And it would be all over the world. Yeah, but how would that affect other things, though? How does it? How does the Corn Ferry Tour affect the PGA Tour? This well, is you're, where, you're this on is one of the fear, other. Well, this is the fear of it, yeah, but that so what? That's why you can't be in both, right? Well, you could. That's the whole the problem. PGL was like the, the PGL guys when they came out with this proposal when it all became public. They were like, we would love to be hand in hand with everyone. Right. You know, we want to be hand in hand with everyone where the tour took it as a slap in the face was they were being told you guys are now going to be the corn fairy tour. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I just don't. I just feel like sometimes things can get too complicated for no reason. And I don't know if there's anybody complaining about what's going on on tour. Well, lots of guys, even Rory McIlroy said there are things that could be better. And I think what they're talking about is like what he's talking about is um, what I was just saying about getting a taste. Like, so those dudes getting a taste, that's a huge, that would be a huge thing for them. Like if you're only allowed to play um so many events a year, then you got to get special, like, permission this and that it's one of those things where can the guys at the top get a little bit bigger piece of the pie and do they deserve a little bigger piece of the pie and that's going to be a big argument with guys like take a guy like pat perez for example like does he get a little piece of the pie too extra with ads because he's been on tour for so long? Like, does he draw like Brooks and Tiger? He'll tell you nah. Like, he's cool with getting all Tiger's crumbs. He's cool with that. But for longevity wise, like, why, why shouldn't he get a little extra taste? See, well, I agree that there are times where you, if you look at every other sports structure, you see players getting paid contractually based on value and worth to team. Now, in golf, that tends to happen with endorsements, but Brooks Kepka would probably be between Brooks, Rory, Tiger, Ricky, I don't think DJ, because I don't think DJ's as marketable as those other guys I just named. But those Phil, guys Phil's Phil, outside of top fifty, but he's still, you know. Hundred percent Phil. Those guys would command the biggest salary in golf. True. So there is an argument to be made that if one week, you know, our boy Max Homa comes out of nowhere and gets a win, or, or, or Keith Mitchell comes out of nowhere and gets a win, great for them, good story, but they're essentially making the same money that a, a superstar would make when you, you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. Whereas golf is purely based on performance salary. Other than the big, big five or six that can get outside endorsements. Whereas every other sport, you're paid on your stardom, which is a direct reflection of your ability. Yeah. But there's also that factor of the other 
players like somebody like Brooks is how many events are you going to force this dude to play? Like we're in a stretch of 39 events in 35 weeks. Yeah, I right? get that. And but then we you all... add the 11 on, if you add 11 of the fall, that's like 50 events. There's 50 events. So now you're telling the top players in the world, like, look, I, I'm one of the best players in the world. I don't want to have to play 25 weeks. I, I think they, to... I, but okay. Then we're going to have to have a different conversation. Let's 25 is a good, a good number because if we multiply that times four, you're talking about a hundred rounds of golf. If they make the cut in every one. Yeah. Well, you got four WGCs. So you're getting 20 rounds in right there. Cause there's no cut. You know, and then you got match play, which you're guaranteed three rounds. So well, that's you're getting, 23. aren't you getting 16 rounds in four times four? Yeah. Four times four is 16. 16. You said and 20. Then, well, match play, my bad. Match play, I was thinking is only match three. Match plays, yeah, right. Yeah. Match plays only three. So, um, I don't think a hundred rounds of golf is a lot to ask. I don't. If they want the same kind of consideration and money that other sports have when you're talking about MOB players, minimum is 162 game season. That, I mean, yeah, minimum but see, like you said, that's a guaranteed contract though. But that's what I'm saying. If you were to go into a structure where you were paying some of these guys, like we're talking about, they would have to be okay with the 25, 30 event mandatory rule. Yeah, see, and I, I think that's part of what all those guys at the top, guys like Rory and whatnot are, are realizing now. It's like, I don't, that should not be a requirement. Like, if I play good enough to be one of the best players in the world, then I should be allowed to say, if I only want to play 15 times this year, that's all I should have to play. And if that 15 times means, like, only three events on the PGA Tour or five events on the European tour. Like now for, for a guy like Rory, it's difficult because he's in the future. He wants to be part of that Ryder cup, European Ryder cup team captain years mm-hmm. in the future. But now if he ever gives up his, if he ever gives up his, his membership to the European tour, then he can't be a captain. Like that's the stupidest rule that the European tour has ever come up with. But like, that's their way of controlling their guys. Yeah, and they need to, and I've said this before, and I'm not going to weave into a baseball conversation here because I think baseball is an absolute tire fire right now. <laughs> but there, with tires in it. there are examples of where I think both sports, golf and baseball, both of which I believe are the most archaic in terms of tradition and evolving, both sports have done a good job of trying to get to a newer era. And that's an example of what you were just talking about where you can't be a captain. And sometimes you just need to just do it and just evolve. I, I agree. As far as baseball goes, I thought baseball had a whole bunch of unwritten rules. Oh, don't get me started on unwritten rules. <laughs> do not get me started. I don't understand at some point if you're the commissioner of baseball and the most important trophy has your name on it. How are you going to end up just calling it a piece of metal? Uh, he since apologized, Michael. So? Like, the only reason he apologized was because of all the backlash that came. But when he said it, like, this dude, you could tell by the look in his eyes, he meant exactly what he said was, honest, all these guys are getting all upset just over this one piece of metal. Like, bruh. That'd be like, ah, eh, the Olympics, a piece of metal. Which, speaking of, Brooks Kepka talking about, man, eh, Olympics, I don't, I don't think I'm going mm. to, I can't wait to watch how that continues to unfold. Me neither. I'm watch. I mean, just, just keep watching that. Yes. Keep watching the Olympics. All right. Before we, before we get to Oliver Hudson, though, I do want to talk about, uh, Tiger's DFL <laughs> at Riviera. His, don't give a bleep meter was about as high as DJs at times. Yeah, you could tell, and you could tell. He was exhausted, man. This is like he was just – you could tell that since the tournament now has elevated status, so it's in the same stratosphere as the Memorial, Jack Nicholas, 
and Arnold Palmer Invitational. Arnold Palmer is no longer with us, but now three-year exemption, 120-man field, full Invitational, like everything that goes along with that. Right. This year, it was obvious that like he had to do some things off a lot of things off the golf course that took a lot of time away from number one sleep and number two practice. Well, no, we talking about practice. He did not hit a practice shot until Wednesday and warmed up 10 minutes before his pro-am time. But dude, come on last. He had no legs. Like it dead, was a dead last. Yeah. I'm with you on all the other stuff, but come on, dude. Tiger Woods should be a guy that can show up and not finish last. Against that field? No, he shouldn't. I don't understand. What I don't understand is, like, how is he supposed to be a dude that can show up like that and beat the best players in the world at a course where he hasn't had success? I mean, he's finished second there two times, and both times he shot minus 12. If he shoots minus – and I said – when we were on Sports Center together, if he shoots minus twelve, he's in there. He would have won by three. But last, hey, last place is what happens when you got no legs. Trust right, me. What ha- I was what happened- Tory Pond. <laughs> Collins hasn't had legs his entire life. When we come back, uh, <laughs> Oliver Hudson does the caddy a favor after the caddy struck out last week. That more coming up next on Maddie and Cat. It is my pleasure, even though my boy Maddie tried to say I struck out last week. I did not strike out. I got Ryan Leaf, who was not Oliver <laughs> Hudson. But I will take full responsibility on Oliver Hudson not being on the podcast this week because my man Oliver Hudson is on the podcast this week. What's happening, homie? How are you, my friend? I, I, uh, I'm sorry was, I couldn't make it. I had no, to, dude, it was that's my fault. Last week, I seriously, I take full responsibility because – I thought you were doing another podcast with Rory and Carson Daly on site. Yes. And so yes. did Rory. And even his agent was like, yo, they're going to be right up there. I'm like, all right, cool. And then Rory's like, yo, I got a dip. I'm going downtown. <laughs> and Carson Daly texted me and was like, hey, man, they're doing it from the downtown studio, but then you can come on my podcast next week, too. And I was like, uh, okay. Uh, I know. Well, at this point. It's always a podcast exchange. Everyone is doing podcasts, including myself. So yes. it's just podcast bartering at this point. <laughs> oh, now, please tell, tell us about your podcast. What yeah, you have, with your you sister. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm actually on, on my way to go do Ellen right now to with my sister to promote the podcast. It's called Sibling Revelry. And uh, <laughs> it's Katie and I, you know, talking sibling stuff, our relationships, all the sibling dynamics. We have celebrities and their uh, their siblings on. And it's been amazing. It's been my favorite thing that I've ever done creatively, honestly. It's that fun. I love it so much. And we were talking about that, too, like last week at Riviera, about the freedom of being able to do that. But, man, the I love the open and honest conversations that you and your sister have, like yeah. talking about everything that y'all are going through to get where you're at now. Like even the relationship you got with your mom and dad and your dad who was out on the driving range, like watching everybody last week, which was crazy. Yeah. No, I know. I know. That was fun, man. No, it's true. I mean, that's what we love about it is sort of how honest we can be. And when we started it, I have nothing to lose. You know what I mean? I'm an open book. My sister, you know, she's, she's got her companies and that she started and then she has to sort of protect her brand a little bit. But I said, look, Kate, I, I don't want to do this unless we really just go all out. I mean, of course, we're going to cut out stuff that's going to you know hurt people. All right. <laughs> said, right. But for the most part, I was like, this is what people want to hear. And, you know, Dak Shepard's a friend of mine, and, and he gave me an unsolicited piece of advice, which was so nice. And he goes, dude, say it all. I mean, this is what people want to hear right now. The authenticity, the reality of your situation, the relatability. And I think that's what we touched upon. So I think we got to work that out with you, Michael. So how's your relationship with your wife? And tell me, <laughs> and what 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 the problems are in your household right now? <laughs> well, you know, I'm black Irish and my wife is Chinese Jamaican, so we're just happy to have good looking kids because they couldn't look like anything. <laughs> it's true. Like I could have had a black kid with an orange afro and green slanted eyes. I would have named him Leroy Chang McGillicuddy. So is that no man? 
<laughs> it's true, but man, that's the freedom of that. Now you and you guys are like a golfing family, so you got to tell yeah. me, like, how did golf start for your family? Well, Kurt, you know, Kurt was always a golfer, you know, before he came into my life, and then I I started playing golf at fifteen. And my, uh, my mom's friend, Barbara Robertson, uh, introduced me to the game of golf when I was 15. And then in my mid twenties is when I got serious about it and I became obsessed, you know, and then my brother plays, um, my sons are playing now. My mother is like uh, crazy into golf. She's actually in Palm Desert as we speak. <laughs> I love it. Supposed to, supposed to come home yesterday, but is loving playing golf so much. She's going to stay, you know, my sister. I came home, we did a podcast yesterday, and she's showing me videos of her hitting on the range. I'm like, what's that? What's going on? Like, you're hitting golf balls? And she goes, oh, my God. I just love golf. I mean, I love it. I, I don't understand why I never played this before. I'm like, oh, okay. So everyone is, is sort of slowly getting into the game. It's a great game. I mean, it's a truly, truly a great individual sport. We, we say all the time that golf is the great connector. Someone from you, from Hollywood, could be playing golf mm-hmm. with world-class athletes. What has been mm-hmm. the favorite part of the, the the connection that golf has done for you? Well, honestly, dude, like golf has golf has been a huge part of of my life, and 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 it's, it, I've cultivated many relationships from golf. You know, a lot of my best friends I met through golf, actually, and uh, it's allowed me to travel to different places. I've gotten to play in all these pro ams, and you know, met a lot of pros, and gotten to become friends with some of these idols of mine, which is just crazy. And the people that you meet along the way. I mean, it's really, truly a magnificent game that way. And you can't beat the handicap system. You know, I can't get out there and, and play baseball with some of these guys. But, I mean, I could play Tiger if he gives me shots. And it could be a, it could be a great match. You know, I, it's, it's the great equalizer. You know, it's, a great, it's, a, it's just the game that, that is, it sets everyone on the same playing field. And, and I used to play a lot of golf alone when I was a nutcase and practicing every day, <laughs> yeah. trying to play an amateur event and all this. But now I don't even want to play alone. I mean, it's the camaraderie for me right now. Yeah. It's, it's it's having some drinks and, and, and betting and playing. And that, that's what's fun for me about golf right now. You know? Well, golf can be one of those things where when you play by yourself, it allows you to really clear your mind. Which is, that can be nice, but then hanging out with people too. Here's the funny thing, Maddie, was Oliver after the Celebrity Cup Mm -hmm. went 100% full PGA Tour Pro, like the T1, and he was so frustrated with how he played. I love that. Oh, God. (laughs) It was just like, hey, man, you hit some good shots out. You drove the 10th green. No, I did. I mean, I, I hit, I hit some great shots when I needed to, right? I was a gamer. I mean, when Tiger was watching me, I just, it was great. I mean, I was hitting, I was, I had some really beautiful drives. I even got like a nice drive, Ollie, from Tiger. And <laughs> How awesome is that too? Tell the truth. No, that, no, that's never happened. I mean, that is, that is just, that's a special moment for me. Just a, a few uttered words about your golf swing by Tiger Woods. I mean, that's pretty much, you can, you can take that to the grave. But then the problem is, is I hit a shank five iron on the 18th hole that was came out of absolutely nowhere. And when I say shank, I mean, like, for real shank. Not like, yeah. oh, I hit a bad shot. It was a clunker, straight left, I'm left-handed. And uh, I, I, I don't think I've hit a shot like that. I don't even, I can't even remember. I, I really can't even remember. And uh, it was frustrating, and I could not get that out of my head. Mikey was with me at on the 18th green, it's like, oh, you won. And I'm like, I don't really care. That was just horrendous. <laughs> and here's the, here's the worst part. The worst part was he's only talking about that five-iron shank for a second shot. He doesn't even mention the fact that he absolutely hammered drive. I, I mean, I hit a good he drive. hit yeah. a good drive. You were 20 yards past everyone else, bro. Come on, man. Yeah. The See? problem is that it doesn't matter. It doesn't. Right? You're right. That's, <laughs> right. that's the sickness of golf. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Who cares? I mean, who cares about that drive? I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I hit a five iron shank that luckily hit a palm tree and barely stayed in play. <laughs> so, oh, you know, we, man, but that's, that's the great part golf. about the game. though. We also, I, I want everybody to know that myself, you, and Don Cheadle 
have, yeah. as far as I know, played one of the greatest Instagram slash Twitter pranks yeah. that has ever been played. And we did it almost like a movie style. Yeah. It was great. It was it was born the night before after a few drinks and it was actually executed perfectly, which usually the ideas that are born after a few cocktails really don't <laughs> see the light of day. Correct. But this one this one did and and it delivered. I mean it was it was exceptionally fun <laughs> and the trickery that was going on with you know, everyone sort of watching Michael's Instagram account was amazing. You can hey, do you ever caddy planning process? I want to hear your guys' planning oh, process. Well, okay, before. first, had you ever caddied before? No, not really. You know what I mean? No, I haven't. Okay, I have, so I have, I've never caddied before. No. So uh, I'll start. We were at dinner, yeah. and yeah. the conversation came up between, like, the what's the truth about Bubba and Teddy's relationship, right? And what's it like? And then. Oliver, you were the one that suggested because Don made the cut. Don made the cut. I didn't make the cut. And uh, I had nowhere to go. I was leaving the same time as Don. So I said, well, let me caddy for you. And then we came up with this scheme, this plan, to where I was going to be that caddy that is trying to give them advice. But I, I'm not only getting rejected by my player, but I'm <laughs> getting verbally abused by him, right? And all the while what's supposed to happen is Michael is going to be catching this on his camera. And we are going to be Instagramming it out to the world as if this is really happening. And I'm and, paparazzi uh, like. And he's paparazzi behind yeah. trees. And Don and I are fully committed to this, uh, to these characters of sort of I hate you stuff. <laughs> and it escalated and escalated, you know, to the point where. I try to take Don's club and he's yanking it from me and he's walking away. And the capper was he, he walks away from me after just completely annihilating me verbally and almost physically. And I grab a putter cover and I whip it as hard as I can from about 20 feet away. And it just hits him square in the back and you can hear the thump through the woods. Through the trees. Through the trees. Now it just was amazing. So, oh, the best I, you guys stayed in character so well, but when that happened on the, it was yeah. on a par five. And here's what people have to know. Don was actually trying to hit good shots. Two things. He yeah, was trying to sure. hit good shots, but bad shots happened in golf. So when they would happen, this is when things would start playing out and I would be inside yeah. filming it. So on the first hole, there was kind of a beef between the two of them and there was right. another PGA tour pro that took a picture of it. So when people, when I first put it out, people were like, this is fake. It's not real. And I was like, if you don't mm. believe me, check out this guy's tweet. And it was a pro who didn't know what we were doing. And he was like, look, there's yeah. beef between these guys for real. So on that part <laughs> well, five, getting, it's you're it was, also getting texts from your people. Saying, oh. What is happening? Your wife is saying, why are you doing this? <laughs> not, you should not be like spying on them. Let them have their moment. <laughs> yeah, because I believe ESPN, I believe, I believe we started to check in on it. Like, Correct. Rob, going down. I got an email from Rob King. Is everything okay? And the funniest one, too, was that George Lopez sent a text message and was like, hey, what's the deal with Don? Why is he acting like a jerk? <laughs> <laughs> but when you threw that putter cover and it hit the yeah. back of Don, it echoed through it. the trees. Yeah, and that like was the, the one. Oh, he, his knees buckled and he looked yeah. away. And everybody was like, oh, he hit him for real. <laughs> but Don was actually looking away from me because he was laughing. But, like, you stayed in character so well, man. That was so great. I always was wanted, really fun. Oh, that was so great. I always wanted to ask, like, what was for you as an actor? And you've done a lot of work, man. What was the hardest character for you to get into? And then what was the hardest character to get out of? Well, I mean, here's the thing. There are actors who, you know, are fortunate enough, honestly, to do pieces or to do movies or TV shows where they, you know, actually have to find the character and immerse themselves in it, right? Yeah. And then there are actors like myself who have done well, and I'm grateful for my life and for my experience as an actor and for my success. But I have not really gotten to do anything that I have to get into character now. You know, I'm not playing, I'm playing versions of myself, I guess. Mm. But for the most part, 
you know, I show up to work and I'm an actor for hire and I say my lines and I learn my lines and I do the best I can and I go home. Um, and everything has been close to me. I guess the, 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 the character that has been furthest from me, I did, I did a show called Nashville for two yeah. years and I played a, a dick, you know, record label. <laughs> executive. And, uh, it was so far from who I am. And that was actually really fun, you know, because you are doing something that is just the antithesis of your personality. And it was fun to read all these comments and to meet people on the street who really hated you. You know, they really, especially especially with that show, because Connie Britton, who played Raina, the main character, she was so beloved on that show. And when I was being a dick to her, people were taking it actually personally in real life. So, you know, I would have people come up to me and be like, are you Jeff Fordham? And I'm like, well, no, I'm not really. I I despise you. And I'm like, okay. You know, I'm I'm a pretty nice person, but you know, but I guess that means you're doing your job right. You know, so I'd say that 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 role was probably the one that was most different from me. As far as getting out of character, man, like I learned that from my parents. You know, Mm -hmm. Kurt and my mom have played some real great characters, some that are very against type and characters that you would seemingly have to sort of immerse yourself in all day. But the minute that you walk off that set, you're back to your life. You know, I've got three kids and. You know, I've got a wife and I've got my life, so I'm not going to hold on to any of that stuff. You know, it's those are two separate things for me. Outside of golf, what are your favorite sports and who are your teams? So I'm a big Denver Broncos fan, um, you know, Dodgers fan, a big Lakers fan. I guess Lakers have been in my life yeah. more than any other sports team. And I've been a fan since I was a kid. You know, we went through a few lean years. Um and I and I, I will admit that I didn't watch them as consistently as I normally did. I just couldn't. It was like it, it was too painful. Honestly, I was like, ugh, it made me sick. Um, so I wouldn't call myself fair weather, but I just couldn't really tune in. Of course, now I mean I'm I'm you know on board all the way. And uh, and the Denver Broncos was because I lived in L.A. But you know, in in what was eighty nine or eighty yeah. eight or something, they left. Everyone left. And so I didn't have a football team, and we grew up in Colorado half the time. So I just sort of adopted the Broncos as my team. The Rams came into town. I said, okay, I'm a Rams fan now. Tried the first season. I just couldn't, I couldn't get in, and I just had to stick with, stick with my Broncos. And, and, uh, and I'm a Dodgers fan. I'm a, honestly, I'm a playoff Dodgers fan. I, I just, again, <laughs> it's hard to keep it's track of. Yeah. I'm a it's playoff a lot. fan. It's a lot. So look, you yeah. know, the Dodgers are going to be there, especially now they got Price and Mookie Betts. There's, exactly exactly so it's like take the kids to to take the kids some games you know have fun i love going to baseball games and then once it starts to gear up once we get into late september then it's like okay here we go you know that's sort of how it how it boils down for me but i love sports man i i love i love sports so much and i you know i I, when kobe when kobe passed uh you know it, it really affected me to a point where I didn't quite understand. I, I didn't know why I was so affected by it. I met him one time and he's just, you know, shined so bright, but I, I didn't really know him, but it, it still gets me. I just watched another replay of his last game against Utah where he put up 60 and, and in the fashion that he did in the last minute and a half. And I was weeping, of course, mm. but I thought about it, you know, and, and I thought about why is this affecting me so much? And I figured something out for myself. There are a few moments in your life when everything disappears, when you are void of thought, when you are living entirely in the moment. You know, it's like the birth of your kids, honestly, orgasms, right? Word. And, and then moments <laughs> of, of pure elation, okay? When Kobe hits game-winning shots, when they're winning the finals, he has provided me with so many of those moments mm-hmm. that have stuck with me forever where I was truly in that moment i was void of anything that was wrong in my life it it didn't matter the only thing that mattered was right then and and that's a special thing to have because you don't get that often in life where you were living in that moment even if it's just for the eight seconds and so i i came to terms with a little bit i started to understand why i was feeling that way and and that that's and that was that's real to me you know 
and uh and it, it was just it's just you know obviously such a tragedy but you know what a man and by the way you know what he's cemented man that's it he's canon that's it no no one can ever touch him now no, no. one can ever ever touch him he is a god and, Not and say, read- you know no one wa- everyone wants him back there's no doubt about right. that yeah but if you're co- if, if you're gonna go out we're all gonna die man that's just inevitable right you know g with g it's just so it's everything's so horrible i can't even begin to talk about it but mm. he is now a god that is the, that is it full stop and you you know what it is too because like i'm i'm 41 uh you know you, you kind of in in tigers in that mid 40s range you come up with these guys when yeah. they're coming right out of high school and you see their career grow and you almost feel like you're connected to the growth of their career and yeah. then all of a sudden near the same age they're gone yeah yeah totally i'm 43 i'm right with you you know same thing i mean tiger same thing you know mm. he i grew up with tiger woods you know i'm a, i've been a tiger fan uh, since the day that he stepped in front of that podium i mean it's, yeah see it's for me as as a Sixers fan, I hated Kobe, but I appreciated how awesome he was. I think the reason that it hurt so much for me is as a father to think mm-hmm. like he, he got to get to the second part of his life. And the only thing yeah. that he was concerned about was like, this is going to be awesome because now I get to be the dad that I didn't get to be before. And you can yeah. see how much he loved and enjoyed it. And like mm. to think somebody that young who was making that great of a connection now with his daughters and doesn't yeah. get to do that is that it hurts it like it hurts oh. as a human being to know oh, that yeah. like that's what they got to go it just is one of those it's one of those things like you said he is elevated now to a status of like this guy yeah. is forever and that's yeah. everyone dreams of that and that's the horror of how he's gone but yeah. then there's a beauty in it as well to go like now everyone really appreciates what he was and what he sure. wanted to be, which was. Yeah. Great. I mean, it's a hard thing to talk about because you don't want to, you know, there's, there's, there's no controversy. It's not controversial, but it's right. like if Kobe is going to go out, which we're all going to go out, right? Like he, he won, like he won. Yeah. He, he's, 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 he's just jumped Jordan. He's just jumped everyone. You know, he, he's, he's, he's the ultimate competitor, even in death, mm. you know, <clears throat> and uh, I, I'm going to miss that dude. Like, I didn't even know him, but you know, it's, it's, a, it was, it was horribly sad. Got, we we all got a timer, man. We all got a timer. We do. Yeah. And we don't know. We do Correct. not know. And if anything, if this teaches anyone anything, which has taught me, I mean, you could either, you could either be afraid, you know, you could be like, holy shit, like I can anywhere, you can die at any moment and that can, that can instill fear or yep. that can, or that can, free, that can free you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That can be like, you know what? This is not supposed to happen. I mean, there's no way this is supposed to happen. Okay. So anyone can die at any time. And, and when that happened, I'm like, man, I said, I said to my kids, I'm like, look, you guys, this is a sad day, but this is a day to celebrate your life. You are living now. And I don't want to scare you kids, but we don't know how long it's going to go. So let's just love and live and, and use this as a, as a jump off point mm. to continue and, and have every day be a blessed day. You know, and they, they were looking at me like, what are you talking about? Dad? <laughs> I know. Like, let's go I know. Let's go skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> I hugged my kids. It was like, hey, if today's the yeah. day, let's be good. Are we good? Let's be good. Yeah. Let's be. Right. And they were like, today ain't the day. I ain't letting you go on a down note, though, man. I've got to ask I know, you I know. one last golf question before I let you skedaddle because I know you're going to do Ellen. Um, yeah. uh, give me bucket list golf courses. What what golf courses have you not played that's like I yeah. got before I shut it down? I want to play yeah. here. Well, I, I have. OK, so I, I've been lucky enough to play Augusta. I played three rounds there. I played. Cypress, which is probably my favorite golf course. Oh. I, I, that just fits my personality, you know, Cypress. Mm. Uh, what I have, I have never, um, you know, like, well, then you got the Pine Valleys. I've never done East Coast golf. I want to play East Coast golf. So I don't have a specific course, but what I do want to do before it all goes is I, I have to get over overseas. You know, I've never played in scotland i've never played in in ireland i've never done that 
Ooh. I've never played St. Andrews. I, I would probably say if there's one golf course at this point in my life, it would be St. Andrews. You know, <clears throat> that would be the one that I would want to play. <clears throat> but while I was over there, I'd, I'd get to go play all the others. And Presswick. Um, Presswick is where they played the very first Open Championship. Right, and Presswick. Exactly. Yeah. I just would want to do a, a whole trip. You know, that a lot of people have done, but I have not, I have not done that yet. And that's a definite bucket list situation, you know, and I would love to do it with my family and my, my brother and, and my, and my dad and, and Kurt and our, our, uh, my cousins and, you know, do a family sort of European golf trip. That would be it for me. Yeah. I don't, I ain't got the hookup over there. Have you played TBC Sawgrass, Jacksonville? No, no. Well, now we got something not. to do. Me and Maddie, we got know. we we know a guy. That I'll knows do it all. Hey, if you invite me, I play. I'm, I'm friends with Brett Bear, um, who's a uh, yeah, uh, an anchor yeah. On, on Fox, and um, he's invited me to Pine Valley a thousand times, and I have not been able to go. Oh. You know, so it's a bummer. You know, but life is crazy. Again, it, three kids. It's yep. it's hard. It's not yeah. easy. And it's hard to yeah. tell wifey, I love you so much and I love the kids, but is it cool but, if I go play golf yeah. with my homie this weekend? <laughs> right, 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 right. No, I know, I know. She, she's actually amazing with that. Like my big passion is golf and fishing. And I go 10 days on these, on this boat, you know, and, uh, yeah, I'm in the middle of the ocean and, and she's great. You know, you need, you need a woman who's going to allow you to, to do the things that you love to do because it just makes you a better man, truly. And Amen she, uh, to that. She's Amen cool that way. That. Well, hey, man, thank you so much for doing this podcast. And I do have a yeah. hookup for fishing and golf where she can go and the kids can have a good time. She can do a spa right. thing, and it's the Bahamas. Yeah. My brother-in-law and sister-in-law yeah. got a spot in the Bahamas and a fishing boat and golf course. Where? Like do the whole, where is yeah. it? It's, well, they're in Freeport, yeah. and we got the hookup also at Nassau, so at Bahamar. Oh, cool. Bahamar's yeah. the spot. I know a guy that oh, knows yeah. a guy, so we can do the whole like. Let me know, dude. Let me know, honestly. Like, hell yeah, we're just we're just talking right now, but like, I, no, for real, I'm serious. Is needed right now. My, we haven't we haven't gone to a beach. I haven't gone to a beach vacation with my family in years and years. Honestly, we always go to the mountains. But we're, seriously, we'll, like, can we go to the beach? All right, yo. When we hang up after we're done doing this, after you yeah, do Ellen, we'll text. text. Yeah. yeah, we'll hook it up. Yeah. We'll hook it That'd up. Hey, man, thanks again. Hey, Oliver Hudson's killing it. Have a good time on Thank Ellen, you, man. Thanks, dude. I will. I will. I'll, I'll touch my nose so I know you know that. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. About give it. us, give Word. us a little, little Maddie and the cat. <laughs> yes, that's be great. That's awesome. <laughs> thanks, man. I know. <laughs> See you later. All right, guys. All right, later. <laughs> that was Oliver Hudson. He's the best, man. And he really is. I'm telling you, this dude, he is a golf addict is the only word that Man, I can his use. swing is sweet too. I know, and he's a lefty. Like I'm I know. jealous and bitter because Yeah, that's not good for you standing next to him. Nah. It helps that with thing, my swing a little bit, but it was that funny. Thing is butter. The, the first time that Tiger walked over her, the first time Tiger walked over to watch him swing on the driving range, yeah. shank. Shank. And then one tiger walked away, pured it, pured it, pured it. And then on 18, just tattooed to drive perfectly and then shanked the five iron. And but, it literally did. If it wouldn't have hit the palm tree, it was going into someone's backyard. But think about that for a second. Like you were doing something where the person that's the greatest to ever pick up a club is walking by you. Right. It'd be like Jordan watching you shoot free throws. Like there's, I don't want to shoot. I'm just gonna stand there dribble looking at him like I bro, until you leave, you need to go. You gotta go. But like I, I I think that I'm pretty good at my profession and I was getting ready to do David Letterman's first TV interview after he retired yes. live at the Indy five hundred. I'm like, I'm sitting next to <laughs> one of the most famous interviewers of all time, about to interview him <laughs> for the first time since retiring from interviewing. And you it's look, you can be as good as you think you are want to beat your craft but when you get in those situations but that, look man I, I i bust your balls for it all the time thanks for setting that up just because i hope people get to know someone like him a little bit more that perhaps yeah. they may not have otherwise done any research on and for people seriously check out their podcast of him and his i'm going Kate. to now, now that I uh, yeah about it. it is sibling revelry and it is really good and as you can tell like Oliver holds nothing back. He will be completely honest and like 
you know, there are things I'm sure he's going to say some things that are make you mad, but it's like, we want people to be honest. And if you want someone to be honest, then you should appreciate that honesty. And that's why I love that guy so much. All right. So what I need you to do then as we wrap up, uh, this, this, Maddie and the caddy, I need you to repost him and Cheadle. I'm going to repost that scene. Repost that, it that on Maddie and the caddy. Okay. Maddie and caddy. I will repost, repost that scene. Yes. So now when we're talking about it, when we post the link in this thing post, people can go to at Maddie and caddy, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and C-A-D-D-I-E and see what you guys are talking about if you missed it. So yes. great stuff again, as always. We appreciate the download, subscribe, listen, and rate. Tell your friends about it. You getting a will... guest for next week or no? What's that? I'll do it. No, I'll do it. You, you want Sanchez? Or are we done too many three-ball I... quarterbacks lately? What? Oh, stop it. Look, we can get, man, you want Claude? Who do you want? What do you want? Uh, you, hey, I got the last two, so – I can get another one if you don't, you know, because I know your your Rolodex only only got two pages, and it moves to its family. Because <laughs> you don't ask for no phone numbers. Some of us have to work for a living. <laughs> All right, I'll, we'll we'll talk about next week's guest next week for the we'll caddy. Figure it out, Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This has been Maddie and the Caddy. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the Caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.